Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Psalms 145. Everybody say amen. Amen. Come to worship the Lord. I, I hope to by and through the word of God today just to exalt him. I hope to be able to build your faith through his word. Amen. Tonight as we spoke about this morning, the building of our faith through the hearing of the word of God. I don't have anything uh, tremendous or special per se this, this evening, but I come bearing God's word and that's special enough within itself. Amen. And so I want to share that with you. Amen. Tonight, the word of God. Psalms 145, starting with verse number one. Uh, this evening the bible states these words david says i will extol thee my god o king i will bless thy name forever and ever every day will i bless thee and i will praise thy name forever and ever great is the lord greatly to be praised his greatness is unsearchable Another translation says that his greatness no one can fathom. Another one says that his greatness is beyond discovery. Tonight I'd like to minister from that concept tonight. Greatness beyond discovery. Greatness beyond discovery. I've come to just lift up Jesus through the word tonight. Father, I come to you. God, I'm grateful, Lord Jesus, for your people that are here. I pray, God, that we could just lean in for a moment of time to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to exalt and extol that great name, that mighty name, that majestic name. I pray, O oh Lord, today, God, in this place, that we can come together, focus our attention and focus our minds, Lord, for a moment. God, not concentrate, Lord, upon what we may not have, but God, upon what we got, Lord, and that is you and your greatness and your ability to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God, we trust in that. Put our faith in our stake, Lord Jesus, of claim in it tonight. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray and the church say amen. 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 Shake somebody's hand before you seated. Tell them there's a greatness beyond discovery. Greatness beyond discovery. By the best estimate, biologists have identified something like 2 million unique species. Just quite a few by anyone's measure, but the total number is quite probably 10 times that or even more. The biologist said, quite simply, it will probably take us another century or three to identify every species currently alive. Though, of course, at the rate of extinction, it is such that there are plenty we won't have to deal with as they will have died out before we find out they ever existed. His greatness is beyond discovery. It has been estimated that the total number of stars throughout the entire universe may roughly be comparable to the total number of grains of sand on all beaches of the earth. 
and that the nearest star to our sun, Proxima Centauri, is almost 25 trillion, listen folks, 25 trillion miles even beyond the sun. The average distance between stars, they say, is about 300 trillion miles. And there is no human or even a team of humans over many centuries that can travel such a distance, even at a spaceship speed of five these traits that these humans were somehow aided with varying tasks that you and I deal with. They thought if they can study the increases uh, of some of these animals that we can apply it to human life. And so as they studied, though, they came just to another realization. And that is the unfathomable riches and knowledge and power of our God. They said that a power, the power of a spider silk lies not just in the cocktail of the proteins that it is composed of, but in the mysteries of the creature's spinnerets, where 600, you heard me right, 600 spinning nozzles weave seven different kinds of silk into highly resilient configurations. They say that there is an abalone, which is a sea snail shell. It is so hard that 15 different proteins perform a carefully choreographed dance that several teams of top scientists have yet to comprehend because his greatness is beyond discovery. They say a little fly called the blowfly, it has wings that beat 150 times per second. It hovers, it soars, it dives with uncanny agility. From a straight line flight, it can turn 90 degrees in under 50 milliseconds. A maneuver that would rip a stealth bomber flight to shreds. But the key, they say, to making a something similar to this, a MFI, a micro-mechanical flying insect work, the, the scientist fearing said it's an attempt, it isn't an attempt to copy the fly, but to isolate the structures crucial to its feats of flying while keeping a sharp eye out for simpler and perhaps better ways to perform its highly complex operations. He said the fly's wing is driven by 20 muscles, some of which only fire every fifth wing beat. And all you can do, this scientist says, is wonder what on earth just has happened there. He says, some things are just too mysterious and complicated to be able to replicate because his greatness is beyond discovery. Nobody can fathom it. David said it is even oft times unsearchable. Can someone say amen? amen. And so you and I, as we read different periodicals and some of the things that are conveyed in our newspapers and even perhaps on television or different sites of the Internet, we marvel oftentimes at the many new and the many fresh discoveries that science has made. And we stand back in awe and we applaud their accomplishment. But in fact, all that they have done is pull back the curtain on a product that's a part of God's divine creation. All that they have done is just discover what God has already done. It may be the first time that they are witnessing it. It may be the first time that we have heard of it and that we're aware of it. But God was there when it all began. God was there when it all took place. It is just a product of His majesty, His greatness, and His power. Just because we may have first heard of it today, does that not mean he has not created it long ago? It's a greatness that's beyond even their discovery. Someone say hallelujah. The 
Bible says in 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 11. He says, Thine, O Lord, is thy greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Someone say, Amen. And though through the sharing of these articles here tonight, we learn that there are some things that they have discovered that they cannot replicate. There are some things that they have studied and they understand what happens, but they can't make it happen through their hands. They can't make it happen through their operations and their design. There are other things that they even say that they have not and may never even discover. They have an inclination that perhaps it's out there, but they don't have the lifetime nor the ability to travel to discover what may already be there. I'm trying to build someone's faith tonight, and I'm telling you about the greatness of our God. The one that is so complicated that they can't replicate some things. I, I have enough understanding of him that I received him for myself and he's alive and well in my life right here tonight. Yeah. Jeremiah said it like this in Jeremiah 10. It says he hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom. He hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. Someone say, Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Come on. Reading some periodicals and stuff concerning creation, scholars indicate that the universe has not existed eternally, but has a specific point of origin, meaning that our universe has a definite beginning, insomuch that many of them believe that time and space and matter and all the laws of the physical universe had to begin at some point in time in the past. And although our universe may not be absolutely infinite, it is infinite relative to us. When we look at it, it seems beyond and that there is no end and there is no beginning of it. But from its beginning, the universe has left clues for you and I. It has given us and showed us that there are amazing degrees of order in our universe and precision in our universe and balances in our universe and controls in our universe. And suddenly, beginning, as modern science say, suddenly along the way, it must have begun. And if it begun, there must be a beginner or if you will, a creator. How else could anything come from nothing? And the scoffers say, amen, whenever we look at it, at every point of origin that's been submitted to us, every reason why there was a beginning or how it began, the common question that we must ask then is where then did that come from if that was the cause of the beginning? Every time someone says this is what caused it, the question must be where did that come from? And even some try to question and say, well, if you say it came or it started with God, therefore there where, where, where did God come from or who created? God, but we understand tonight as believers and faith in his word underscores the existence of God before anything else. When I open up my Bible to the beginning of Genesis 1 and 1, I just need a few verses to stand on or a few words in the beginning. God! Someone say amen. Psalms, David said 90 in verse 2. He said before the mountains were brought forth, everybody say before. 
whatsoever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. In other words, David's saying, before anything took place, before there were mountains to climb or seas to, to fish in or to swim in, before any beast ran over the earth, before there was a sun that was hung in the sky during the day or a moon that shined its light in the night, before any stars made any constellations, before there was a breath even in mankind, thou art God. Elevate the name and the majesty of the Lord tonight. Because even whenever God went to see Moses on the backside of a desert in the form of a burning bush that was burning but not was being consumed, he was commissioning Moses to go back to Egypt to be the deliverer. Moses says, I need to know, Lord, who am I going to tell them that sent me? And the Lord responded to Moses, you tell them that I am has sent you unto them. In the past, God was the I am. In the present, God is the I am. In the future, he will be the I am. The Bible says in Revelations 4 that all the beasts and those that were gathered around the throne even testified both night and day. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty which was and is and is to come. God just is and his greatness in many respects are beyond discovery. then some time ago in my morning Bible reading I came across a little phrase tucked into a verse of Isaiah that said in Isaiah 57 15 this first little phrase here caught my attention never has any other time whenever I read the word but it did on this particular day because the Bible says for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity in other words, he who inhabits eternity. I stopped. You could get the Bible that I was reading at the time and look at the top of the page. I wrote, put a little number one by it, underlined it, put it at the top, and said, this is a wow statement to me. Someone has the ability to inhabit all of eternity my mind starts to think how can you inhabit how can you feel how can you reside in eternity when there's no beginning to eternity and there's no ending to eternity and my mind started to think this is only possible this is only possible if there is no beginning and no ending to the one that's trying to inhabit You'll never find recorded anywhere else in scripture anybody that has the ability to inhabit eternity. But our great God, our majestic one, the creator of all things, has the ability to inhabit all eternity because just as eternity has no beginning and no ending, neither does our God have any for beginning or an ending. He is just God and God is just is. Someone say yes. 
is the measure perhaps that oftentimes frustrates us. That is, we can only know God to the degree that he has revealed himself to us. We can only know God to the degree that he has revealed himself to us. And the fact of the matter is this, we will never discover all that he is until we are changed and we become like him. And so a grand frustration for humanity living upon this earth is because we try all times to work God's ways and God's thoughts into our world. When in many instances, his ways and his thoughts are beyond our world. We have problems contending with that there's something and some things about God we cannot understand. But we need to have security and there are some things we do understand. The whole faith element enters the picture that you trust in, walk alongside, and follow somebody you don't always understand. But there's other portions of him that you do understand. Isaiah said in Isaiah 55 and 9, and I got enough scripture to choke, if you will, a Holy Ghost blowout person. Amen. The Bible says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So I can guarantee you tonight there are going to be times you will be asking the question why and you'll be shaking your head and not understanding and simply because his greatness is even beyond your discovery. All you know of God is what he'll reveal to you to know. That's frustrating. But there's an element of faith in that. Paul said in Romans 11.33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Hope I'm not upsetting anybody tonight. I'm just letting the words. The angel of the Lord, the Bible says, paid them a visit. Of the Lord, which was normally to the Messiahship of Jesus Christ or what they would have called a Christophany. There's been, there's been theophanies, but as a Christophany, they would call it. And the Bible states this is in Judges 13. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, they believe this to be some type of representation of God himself in the form of an angel. But Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, what is thy name? That when thy sayings come to pass, that you said when your sayings come to pass, we may do you honor by what? Speaking your name. Telling people who it was that done this for us. In verse 18 though, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord said unto him, unto Moah, Manoah, why askest thou thus after my name? Seeing it is secret. In the Greek is seeing it is wonderful. Or seeing that it is beyond understanding. Or seeing that it is incomprehensible. See, what the angel did was a true favor to the culture of that day. 
Because normally, whenever an individual of Old Testament culture heard the name of a person, it was a revelation of that person's character. It was a revelation of that person's nature. And so this visitation of the Lord in the form of an angel tells Manoah, why are you asking my name? Because my name is secret. My name is too wonderful. My name is beyond understanding. My name is simply incomprehensible, which testifies, if you will, to the culture of the Old Testament. Say yes. You don't believe it so, you let Isaiah stand up on his platform and give prophecy hundreds of years before it ever happened that we love to speak around Christmas time. And Isaiah 6 and 9 that says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. What's that meaning? His name is unsearchable. His acts are incomprehensible. His greatness is beyond us. All I can do is call him wonderful, incomprehensible. First Peter one seven. Peter says, "Boys, let the trial of your faith be much precious." much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Everybody see Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, verse 8. Whom? Who's the whom speaking of? Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, you love. You're not seen him. But you love him. In whom? Who? Jesus Christ. Though now ye see him not. Still yet you don't see him. Yet believing he says. Ye rejoice. With what? Joy. Unspeakable. And full of glory. The joy. Is unspeakable. Because the God incarnate. Is incomprehensible. The joy is unspeakable because the God and his greatness is beyond discovery. The joy is unspeakable because the God is too wonderful. And words fail when it comes talking about this God. Unless nothing I said this far strikes a chord in the heart or in the faith or in the mind of the believer. And you look at it and say, those are nice stats and all that, but you know, that's great. And you've not yet grasped a single word of what I said. And I liken you unto Job who through his trial and his tribulation and his dismay spent so much of his time throughout the book of Job, chapters upon chapters, either trying to understand why God has done what he has done in his life. Or either he is hearing what the opinions of others are for the happening in his own life. And something that interests me of always has, as throughout the book of Job, we never truly see where God gives Job a hard, fast answer to his question. 
Just give him a hard pass answer to his question. Though he lost his family and he lost his possessions and he lost his health and he's sitting in sackcloth. There's ashes upon his head and face. The Bible says he had even sewn sackcloth upon his skin. He wasn't just putting it on but he was affixing it, making it a part of him because of his mourning and dismay and that he had defiled the Bible says his horn which is a symbol of power and authority. He had defiled it in the dust where he sat and while he's sitting there he is perceivably without any help and as he's going along he's constantly talking to God questioning God, telling God this and that and whenever Job stops talking to God, God starts talking to Job and so in the closing chapters of Job, God brings out has this ever just caught anybody's attention, in the closing the second to last chapter of Job God brings out this creature called Leviathan Ever seem kind of misplaced anybody? All along, here Job's been talking all day long, and here's God's response to everything that's been said. He brings out this creature called Le- Leviathan, and this is basically what he tells Job in that second to last chapter of Job. He basically tells Job, Job, no one can conquer this beast. And by the way, I'm the one who made it. No one can conquer this Job. And I'm the one that made it. You know what that caused Job to say then in the last chapter of Job 42? See him this. There was a long description about Leviathan. Whenever the Bible says in Job 42 and verse 2, here's how Job responds to what God did. Here is what I have made and nobody can conquer it. The Bible says, here's Job. He says, I know that thou canst do everything. After all these words that he's been mincing together and all these different things that he's been saying, he stops after God gave his response and said, God, I know you can do everything and that no thought can be withholded from thee. Verse 3, he says, Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? He says, Therefore, this is Job speaking. Job says, "I've I've uttered that I understood not. I uttered that I understood not. He said, Things too wonderful. For me, which I knew not. You know what Job was saying? God, I'm not going to pretend any longer to know why you did all that you've done to me. I'm not going to pretend to know why that you took my family. I'm not going to pretend to know why you took my health and you took my wealth and you took my possessions. I'm not going to any longer pretend to know why you did all those things. All I'm going to do, God, I'm going to trust you and trust that you have a purpose in it and a purpose for it. In other words, God, I don't have to know why in order to accept the results. Off time said around my house, and it could be just in simple things. Something happened, and the result that I wanted took place, and I don't know exactly how it happened. And sometimes I'd really like to know so I could duplicate it to get it to happen again. But I, I all times say, if anybody's around me and knows me very well, my saying all times is this I don't know how it happened, I'm just going to accept the result. He's incomprehensible, folks. 
He's incomprehensible. You might not understand all the, all the details about how and why and how it all came about and came to where it was, but you can accept the results. You can accept the end results of the power and the majesty of your God. I said all that. I've been up here about 30 minutes. And I've already sweated. Being cold as it is outside. I've said all of this to tell you that Psalms 145 is the only psalm absolutely labeled a psalm of praise. David not only declared that he would bless the name of God forever, but he stated that he would do it every day for that forever. God said, I'm going to bless. David says, I'm going to bless your name forever. But then he followed up in verse 2. He says, every, every day I will bless thee. So every day for that forever. He says, I'm going to bless the Lord. And then he throws down that phrase we do not only find in this Psalm 145, but in other Psalms, and it says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And in that lone statement, there is a revelation in that statement, and it is, Great praise is deserving and proper for a great God. In other words, if our God was weak, if our God was diminutive, then our praise would not be expected to exceed the greatness of our God. In other words, our praise should be in proportion to the quality of our God that a great God is worth great praise and a mediocre God is worth mediocre praise however for further clarification whoo, David informs us that the greatness of our God is unsearchable it is wonderful it's incomprehensible, meaning then that the praise that is due to such a God must match the quality of the greatness of that God. Yet, you and I know, being honest with ourselves, we are incapable of matching praise to something that we can't even conceive. Huh? Huh? We cannot return to God in praise what we're unable to measure with our understanding. And what this does then for the church to simply set the stage for us that our best praise will still be paling in comparison to the greatness 
of our God because his greatness is even beyond our discovery, beyond our comprehension. Someone say glory. What this tells me and not you is this. We will never be able to praise him enough. Someone say that. I'll never be able to praise him enough. But tonight, folks, that should not discourage us from trying to praise him with our all. I may never be able to praise him enough, but I'm not going to sit back on my heels or in a corner somewhere. I am going to try with everything that's within me to at least give him my all. Someone say, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because just, just as well, just as though we will never know him in his entirety until that day. Just as though we will never know him in entirety until that day. We will never know him entirely, we might say, upon this earth. Amen. That does not cause us to draw back from striving to obtain. Amen. What knowledge we can of him while we're here. Just because I know through scripture, Brother Malone, I'll never know him in his entirety. That doesn't keep me from every week, most hours of the day. This boy's nose is in a book that's all about him. And I'm certain from Genesis to Revelation, I'm cross-referencing scriptures that talk about him. And in the process of doing so, I'm learning to the extent that I can about him. Although I can study this from Genesis to Revelations my whole lifetime and still just scratch the surface of the entirety of who he is. Someone say hallelujah. Consider David, the one in Psalms 51 that spoke out to God and said, God, he asked him, he said, search me. David cried out to God and said, search me. He could not turn around though and repay the favor though and search out the sum total of God. God could search David, but David could not search out the completeness and totality of who God was. I'm coming to a close, surprise as you may. But I believe that is why, and you can stand with me. I believe that is why David, since David could be searched out, but he could not search out the totality of God. I believe that is why David completes the book of Psalms. With Psalms 150. Because within the psalm David tells us. Some places. That we should praise God. And some things. That we should praise God for. And a variety of ways or tools. We could use in praising God. David knew. That he would never be able to accomplish. A matched praise. To the greatness of his God. But he wasn't going to quit trying either. Therefore, he finalizes the book of Psalms with these words. And I close. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. 
Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the sultry and heart. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord because his greatness is beyond discovery. Ah, let's clap our hands just a little while longer. He is great and greatly to be praised. Will someone attempt right now to match a great praise to the greatness of your God? Will someone right now endeavor to give forth to Him what is worthy of His excellence? What is worthy of His greatness? What is worthy of His power? I know it's unsearchable, but I want to try to render to God some unsearchable praise, some too wonderful praise, some incomprehensible praise. Oh, yes, let's raise our hands all across this building. Raise our hands all across this building. What I'm telling you tonight is the God that created things that scientists cannot replicate and cannot even find. That God through the Holy Ghost lives inside of you. The power that plays 25 to 30 trillion miles between each star is the God that lives inside of you. When we have not scratched the surface in some respects, we have the onboard presence of the one who inhabits eternity living inside a finite human being. Someone say glory. I'll pray tonight. I won't belabor you all. But I hope that you build your faith through the reality of who you serve. You build your faith through the reality of who your God truly, ultimately is. You'll never know all of Him. You cannot reciprocate all of the greatness that He has displayed upon us and in our lives. But please let not that discourage you from attempting, from trying, from putting forth your best Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.